0: Welcome to Road to Redemption, a show sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope to those on their own road to redemption.
1: This is John Martin, and I'm your host today, and I'm I'm just so excited to have my good friend Jimmy Burgess with me here. Finally, we got you in, Jimmy. So excited to have you on. Well,
0: it's an honor to be here, John, and get to share what God's been doing, so thank you for I know. Me.
1: And like I was telling you before, it's it's weird interviewing you. you you've been doing all the podcasts out there, man. You're all all over the place. And, and congrats on on that success with, with your podcast.
0: Well, I appreciate it, John. It's really been pretty amazing to see, you know, how God opens up opportunities. I mean, this is a perfect example. I mean, you know, things that maybe uh, were not as easily available for us to do to share the gospel in the past, now to see what God's, the way he's opening doors and opportunities is just
1: incredible. So Yeah, Jimmy, it is. Well, well Jimmy, t- talk to us a little bit about your road. Um, Yeah, I know you got a great story. Give give us a little overview.
0: Well, I mean, I, I guess I could start, you know, obviously I'm, I'm in the business world. And so as someone that was in sales, I started, uh, I kind of grew up in the real estate business. Both my parents, after they divorced, started real estate companies. So it was something that I did pretty much, you know, after after college, went to work for Merrill Lynch for a year. And I was like, this coat and tie thing's not for me. I want to get into the real estate business and uh, begin selling real estate. Uh, you have to understand in the 90s in Walton County selling real estate, I mean, our average sales price was like 68000 or something. And so it was, a, you know, you had to do a lot of transactions. To make a living, and so we got to a place literally in about 2001, um, where you know I was just burnt out. You know, we Mm -hmm. just were doing so much, and there wasn't a lot happening. And so I actually went to work at a uh, at a local bank here, and uh, was a commercial lender. Did that for a year, and again, I was just like, boy, this employee thing is just not for me. And so that was about the time that the market was really changing. You know, we were seeing this, and so I was working as a lender with builders, with developers, with folks that were out there making an impact in the community. This is right when the economy is really taking off in our area. And so as I started looking around, I said, you know what, I've got all these builders that are looking for certain things. And I've got these developers that are looking for certain things and they're actually looking for each other. And if I could just put these groups together, this is probably what I ought to be doing. And so I left the bank after being there about a year, um, and went back into real estate again, this is 2002 ish Mm -hmm. timeframe. Um, and, uh, that was right when the market was beginning to take off. And so, you know, it was one of those, I was in my, um, early thirties, Um, And at that time, as the market began to take off, so did my business. So, you know, you go from a place where literally what I was making in a year at the bank, all of a sudden a year in, I'm making it on a monthly basis. Then in the next year, all of a sudden you're making it on a weekly basis. And, you know, you begin to lose focus on some of the things that got you there. When I first started, it was like, hey, how do I help people get what they're looking for? And ultimately that'll help, you know, my business. Well, from that standpoint, all of a sudden, you know, you begin to lose focus on what's truly important, all those things. And as we know, what can go up very quickly typically comes down very quick. And that's what happened to me. And so after making what should have been generational wealth, I'll just, I'll never forget it. I mean, and, and, you know, and again, I, I began to lose focus on what it was that God was doing and began mm-hmm. to think it was me that was doing it. And, and I lost that focus on how blessed I was. And so consequently, um, you know, here we are after making, you know, uh, a, a generational wealth in 2009, I'll never forget the day. It was May, um, 7th, 2009. I'm sitting in federal bankruptcy court with $500 to my name and, um, and I'm sitting there, John, with my wife, you know, in the car with me. Um, and man, I'm just overwhelmed, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, what have I done? Um, how have I put my family in this position? How has my ego, my pride, everything happened? And as you know, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, this took a couple of years for this to unwind. And during that time, it's not just when you, when you face things financially, it doesn't just affect you financially. It affects your relationships. It affects your physically. I did, you know, I had an issue with my throat where I, you know, I had an issue with relationships, obviously. And then all of a sudden you realize um, spiritually you know, there's something, you know, that that mm. that bankruptcy that I had on the outside was really almost like it was something that was almost that you could physically see what was happening on the inside. And so consequently, um, you know, it's one of those times where God just began to speak to me and say, hey, listen, you know, um, I'm not done with you. Um, you, know, I, you know, I know you're facing these things, but I got a plan for you. I'm for you. Um, you know, I know the plans I have for you. And so as I began to get focused back on those things that were truly important, I'll give you a couple examples. You know, I'm just speaking, you know, from a uh, from a spiritual standpoint, you know, I went through a time where um, I lost my voice, man, I'm going to tell you as a salesperson, that's all I got is my voice. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It's not like I can yeah. go build stuff, you know what I mean? With my hands. Yeah. Uh, that's all I had. And so as I began to lose my my voice, all of a sudden now I couldn't communicate I couldn't communicate with employees. I couldn't communicate with development partners. I couldn't communicate with clients, um, and couldn't communicate in a lot of ways with my wife and my family. And so all of a sudden now I I go through this three month period where I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm going from this doctor to that doctor. And I'm thinking, oh, well, this one's going to have the magic pill. I end up up in uh, Vanderbilt at the voice clinic in Vanderbilt. And, uh, This Dr. Ossoff, I walk in there and, you know, I mean, still full of pride and ego, mad at everybody around me, you know, and and probably even mad at God a little bit, just saying in my mind, God, I'm trying to be a good person. Why? Why is this happening? I see this guy over here, who's doing the things in the way that he does it, but he's not suffering the way I am. You know, I almost felt like I was mm. being punished. In reality, I was being um, actually rewarded with what I needed going forward. So I'm, I'm there in the voice clinic. After all this time, I see all these pictures on the wall um, of these, these uh, country music stars, these Broadway stars, how he's helped them with theirs and thanking this doctor. And then there's even a picture of, you know, uh, Bill Clinton at that time when he was president, he came to this guy and he helped him. And, you know, there's a People magazine article. So I meet this doctor and I'm thinking, oh, this guy's got it. He's going to give me the magic pill. I'm going to get back and I can fix all of this. And so as we go through that, we go through all these things, I'm sitting in the office with my wife and my mom and stepfather came with us up there and the doctor's pointing with his little, you know, the little um, pointer that has all the little, you know, it shows you on the wall what it is with a little light or whatever. And he says, look, do you see this? This is your false vocal cords. They've done a scope. And, um, I said, you know, I whispered, yes, I couldn't speak, you know? And he said, uh, well, this is your left false vocal cord. That's your right false vocal cord. If, can you see a difference in them? And again, I said, yes. And, um, he said, that's what we'd call a mass. Um, and, um. What I'd like to do is, is I'd like to get you over immediately to get an MRI done because we want to see what this is. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you something, John. He talked for probably five more minutes. I didn't hear a word he said. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I sat there you know, and realized that um, the very person and people that I'd been mad at and the most important one, which was God, was the only one that could help me. I, they, they took me over to the other side of the hospital. I, I go in there and they wheel me in and the nurse comes in and my mom, my stepfather, my, and she says, look, they're in the other room, you know, and um, uh, when we start this, I'll be in the other room. We can hear you if you need something. And I remember that steel door closing behind her, boom, mm-hmm. and I felt utterly alone. And um, for the first time um, in a long time, I felt that first tear, that mm-hmm. softening begin to happen. Um, and, um, and I began to pray like I'd never prayed before. And, and it, and it was not a selfish prayer the way that my prayers had been in the past. It was, Lord, I just, um, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry mm-hmm. for not being the man you created me, being mm-hmm. the husband, the father, the leader, um, to, to use the influence and the affluence you gave me in a positive way. And I, I just pray that Lord, if if it be your will that you bring me out of this, I want, I want to be mm-hmm. a different man. I want to serve you the rest of my life. And, um, And I just remember, it seemed like it was no time. I don't know how long I was in there, but, um, I left that room a different man. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I ended that prayer that time in ways that I'd said before, but I'd never truly meant I said, but Lord, my, my will, but your will be done. And, um, and it was different. There was a change in my heart and it was a humbling that had to happen. Um, and, um. Uh, A few months later, about a month later, you know, they, well, they call us immediately on after that. And they said, hey, listen, it looks like this is a clear cyst. We're hopeful. Um, We've got a baseline now. We want to do some medications some things. We want you to come back in a month and uh, and tell us. And we can see where baseline, where we are. And then we'll run tests at that point. We don't want to prick this thing, worry Mm -hmm. with it right now. So we come back in a month and the doctor comes in after the things and, um, you know, after a month. You got to understand now, listen, I, I, you know, I prayed when I was there. I was like, Lord, just get, open my eyes to the things I've been taking for granted. I go home the next day. You got to understand they had me on this mm-hmm. medicine that kept me, you know, they, they, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's like this coding medicine that really knocks you out. I could not travel. I couldn't drive. Um, and so I was sleeping a lot. And I remember um, I'd said, open my eyes, Lord. And my wife came in that next morning. And she brought medicine and sat it by my bed. She didn't say a word, John. She just, she just gave me this little smile, you know? Mm. Um, and, and she walked out and it was like God revealed to me. Um, she meant it. She meant it when she said for better, for worse. She meant it when she said for richer, poor, sickness and health, good times and bad. And when, when I realized that, it was like, God, thank you for the opportunity to be the husband I'm supposed to be. And thank you for a wife that stood with me when I was at my low and when I wasn't all that she deserved. Later that day, I fall back asleep because you know that medicine will knock you out. That afternoon, I I hear my daughters at that time come um, come through the door coming home from school and my young daughters run back to the room to their sick father in the bed and they crawl up in the bed with me and I got one on each shoulder and they're laughing and they're talking about their day. Boom, it's another one of those times. It's like God says, these are the most important gifts I've given you and entrusted to you. Lead them in the way that they should go. Wow. I sat there wow. thinking, this, listen, I was not out there running crazy, mm. man, but I was going to get mine. I'm, I'm living in Defunac, driving down to South Walton, and during that time, I would wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and drive down as quick as I could to make sure that I took full advantage of what opportunities I had in my business. And then I wouldn't get home some nights until 10 o'clock. So these girls that were sitting up in this bed with their dad in the middle of the afternoon There would be days I wouldn't see them, and the only interaction we would have is me kissing them on the forehead because they're still asleep when I left and kissing them on the forehead when I got home because my focus was on the things of this world and instead of of the the gifts that God had given me. And so as I began to go through that, we go back a month later, and all of a sudden the doctor does all these exams and comes back and says, "Uh, Jimmy, we can't believe this. There is no sign that you even had anything on your throat. And he said, this medicine is doing an amazing job. I said, God, I I said, listen, doc, I appreciate everything you're doing, but this ain't about that medicine. And from that day forward, I've tried to walk in everything they had. Now, listen, you got to understand, because this is something that I think sometimes we get confused on. I get that diagnosis. I still had to walk through this for another two to three years of pain, Mm -hmm. of difficulty, of consequences of my actions. So I don't want to tell you that, hey, I walked out of that, everything's fine. Now, you see, this is a process with God. It's a refinement process. And there were still things that needed to be burned off of me that had to be burned off. The problem was, is that um, in the past, what I would do is, is I would just struggle with that refinement process. And now I was at a place where I was looking at that and saying, God, what is it that you want to teach me? God, what is it that I am needing to learn in a way that's going to help me serve you better in the future? And one of the things that I found, John, and, I, and, and I'll, I'll wrap this part of this up was, is that as I came out of the backside of this was, is that the best way to heal the wounds that we have is to share with others what we wish others would have shared with us. So see, there, there may be somebody listening to this that maybe is in the struggle, and I want to give you hope because, um, and understanding that God's for you, um, that he's got a plan for you and that where you are today is not where he ultimately wants you to be. He is preparing you for what he's got standing in front of you. And then there's some people that maybe have been through that before. And now you're like, oh gosh, thank you God for getting me through this. Let me tell you how you honor that is you go back and you help others the way people you wish people would have helped you. Um, The beauty of it is, is is that every single bit of it, God's working for his good. So what are we going to do with those struggles we're in, those struggles we've been through? And what are we going to do to support those others around us? Ultimately, when I finally came to the conclusion, this wasn't even about me, This was about children that saw a father that overcame what the enemy threw at him, that overcame his own struggles. This was about being a husband that understood and valued his father because the way my wife said this to me one time, and it means so much to me, the way that my daughter saw me treat my wife is what they will accept from their husband. And how do you want your son-in-law to treat your daughter? The way that my son now sees me does he see me serving others or serving myself? Does he see me following God in a way that that inspires him to be more of God, who God created him to be? You see, I think every every single one of us—I mean, anybody that's listened to this has come through something. Yeah, we aren't where we are on our own power. God's been bringing us through it. So, what is it we're going to do with that to share with others to help
1: them go through those? Wow, such good stuff, Jimmy. And 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 now, I'd like to talk a little bit about because because obviously you were healed. Uh, I know you. You know you wrote a book about all this, but you know I know today. You know I, I know you from. You're in real estate, and you've got a great real estate. You're CEO of a real estate company. You've got a podcast. You know people look at you, and you're just doing great. What What can you share? What What are you doing today out there to to impact the kingdom? What What What? Talk to us a little bit about that.
0: Well, you know I I love the old saying that um, preach the gospel, and if you have to use words. Um, and, um, I try to spend every day saying less of me and more of you, God, um, what is it that I can, um, make sure that others see more of you and less of me? Um, you know, I, you know, it's, and the beauty of having a past that we've all had is, is that you understand that things can change very quickly. And so from that standpoint, I try to take advantage of every opportunity I have, I try to, I'm really working on this, John. I think we all, you know, high drivers, we always, it's next, next, next. Yeah. I'm really trying to be more present. Um, I'm trying to understand that every single person that, um, that I have the opportunity to be in front of, um, that God puts in front of me, that there's a purpose in that. Um, and what is it that I'm supposed to do or is he supposed to say through me? To that person to encourage them, um, and so for me, I mean, obviously, it's just it's just being diligent, being focused on what it is that he has for me to do. Is it, as long as I focus on what it is and I follow that on a daily basis, it seems like everything else takes care of itself. And, and again, just continuing to focus on what are the needs of the others around me. Don't get numb to that, you know. To to get back to a place where I'm serving myself, I just want to find and continue to try to figure out what it is that I can do to serve others. It's
1: mm-hmm. good. What, what advice do you have for, for any folks today? I, just what we're seeing in the economy today, even. I mean, I know you talk about, you know, what we saw, what you went through. Everybody was chasing, you know, the the money and the real estate, you know, back in 2004 to 2008. Is there anything you're seeing out there, any advice you have? A lot, a lot of folks in this area are in real estate and development yeah. and any, any godly wisdom you have for us in that area? Well,
0: I I don't, you know, I would, I would just say this. I think it's always great to be prepared for the worst. Um, Now, listen, I don't see the worst coming, but um, I didn't see the worst coming in 2007, six, seven, eight either. Um, So what I would just say is, is listen, if you prepare, um, do everything that God lays out, which is reducing debt, which is saving, which is preparing, which is building an ark, so to speak, for your family while we have the opportunity. We are so blessed to live in an amazing place um, that has so much opportunity. I told somebody that living in this area when I came back home after college to this area was um, literally, it was a sacrifice. I mean, there were other opportunities that were much bigger in other places. Uh, Now, as my daughters graduate from college, everything, all of their friends want to be here. This is where the opportunity is. Um, So as far as what I would just suggest is, is just follow the biblical model of saving, of preparing, of building an opportunity for you to bless others. It's hard to pour out of an empty vessel. And just make sure that you're filling yourself up spiritually, um physically, mm-hmm. um and do the things you can do and the giftings you've been given and God'll take care
1: of the rest of it. Well, Jimmy, what what else like like outside of real estate? I, I know you know what what are you passionate about? What what what's driving Jimmy Burgess today?
0: You know, I, I I'm just passionate about people, man. I love okay. being around people. I love seeing people um, being all that God created them to be. Um, I enjoy being around. I think it makes me feel younger. You know, to be around mm-hmm. for me personally, um, you know, um, seeing young men that are stepping into leadership roles, seeing um, seeing different people that maybe. Um, have an opportunity, but they don't even realize how big what it is that God has planned for them. And when I say big, I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about impact. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about seeing young men that didn't even know their fathers being great fathers. I'm talking about seeing young men who are getting married for the first time in generations in their family. Um, I'm seeing young men come to a place where that no one in their family had an education, getting an education and changing their trajectory of everything involved in their family for generations to come. I'm seeing young men be on fire for Christ, and this is me personally, like I've never seen before. This is a time, really, I believe that as the world begins to change, and as we continue, and listen, I've read the last page, we know how this thing is, right? Um, As we continue to see the world dim around us, the light shines even brighter. So yeah. as a man, as a woman, as the person that God's created us to be, the more we can reflect him through us, the brighter that light's going to shine and the more impact we're going to have. I believe those are the things we're going to remember. You know, I, I, I remember my grandfather who was a pastor when um, he went through, um, uh, like we called hospice in, there was a time where he was struggling and everything. And I remember he walked in one day Um, and as a family, we were sitting around the kitchen table. He was in the back bedroom, um, and he got up and physically walked out. We were all sitting around the table just, you know, upset about everything, worried about everything. He came around the corner, and he said, This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I think when we can do those things in the times of pain, because we all got pain, when we can understand that God's at work and we can reflect that to others, man, I'll never forget that. Those just simple words my grandfather said in a time that everyone else in the world would have said, oh, this is a horrible time. Mm. He's reflecting on how great it is to be where we are. That place coming from a gratitude of how good God is, um, it seems to make everything else work out.
1: Wow, such great stuff, Jimmy. And we're just so blessed to have have you as a leader in this community and a leader in the real estate industry. Just thank God for that. He's done such a great work in your life. Thank you for sharing your, your testimony with us today, Jimmy.
0: Well, John, thank you for
1: everything you're doing. Everything that's happening here at Destiny
0: Radio, everything that we're seeing, I think, God, you have to be naive to think that you can't feel the way God's moving in this yes. community. And so exciting times to be in this area and just thank you
1: for the opportunity. Amen. Thank you, Jimmy.
0: You've been listening to Road to Redemption, sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope to those on their own road to redemption. If you have any comments or questions, we would love to connect with you. You can reach out to us at destinyradio.live. Thank you for listening, and
1: we'll see you next week on Road to Redemption.